Christian greetings to all of you this morning. It's another joy to be in the house of the Lord this morning, to gather together and study the Word of God together. And I greet you this morning in the name of Jesus Christ, who is our Good Shepherd. Our Good Shepherd. Throughout the Scriptures, different places, God is referred to as a shepherd, and we are referred to as sheep. And we'd like to think about that some this morning. I'd like to share some thoughts this morning uh, from Psalm 23. You can be turning to that. One of the things that is so wonderful and unique about the Word of God is the fact that it never loses its power. It never loses its, its effectiveness. And from the time it was written thousands of years ago until now, And time and time again, it continues to speak to the very specific needs of mankind. Isn't that amazing? I mean, it was written many years ago. And yet, it it speaks to the issues in my life and your life so directly, so specifically. It continues to do so. And even the passages that have become well-loved or that have been used over and over and over again, still have the power to bring uh, encouragement and joy and comfort to our lives, uh, just as if it were the first time we were reading them. It seems there's just always new things that, that pop out at us. And we were, even in this morning in, devotion, I mean, devotions in a Sunday school, In the men's class there, something came to my attention uh, throughout the class that I had not seen before, and it's not a a new story of of Pharaoh and the Israelites, and and Brother Norvin said the same thing. It is about something he hadn't seen it before, and it's just one of those situations where the Word of God is just ever new. As old as it is, yet it's ever new and speaks to us today. Well, Psalm 23 is one of those passages uh, that maybe too often has been viewed as, as a classic, you know, and it's, it's kind of set up on the shelf, as it were, you know, set up on a pedestal, and this is a, a classic uh, that it's, it's taken down and used at maybe special occasions. Maybe it's a funeral. Oftentimes on the front of a, a funeral program, you'll see uh, Psalm 23 printed, and in other occasions as well. But I believe it's a passage that we need to take down more often, uh, that we need to put it to good use more often. There's much in Psalm 23 uh, that we need to live with and we need to live by. And so, yes, we would like to, to look at it this morning. I'd like to make some comments here, direct our thoughts to these six verses. One of the things that I appreciate about this psalm is the personal touch that it has. Now, you maybe realize that the psalmist David was a very personal type writer. A lot of his writing was, was uh, used words like me and my and, and I, and, and it, was, it spoke of a, a close relationship with God. And Psalm 23 is the same way. You know, it doesn't talk about my brother. It doesn't talk about my mother. It doesn't talk about, you know, my sister, my wife. It talks about me. 
It's a personal psalm. It speaks directly to me, to my life, to my experience. You know, it says there in the very beginning, the Lord is my shepherd. He's the one who cares about me. He's the one who protects me. He's the one who leads me. He's the one who preserves me. And each one of you can say that. And it means it's to you. It's personal. We can all say that. And then it also is in the present tense. The Lord is my shepherd. It's not speaking necessarily about something that happened one time in life or I'm looking forward to this when the Lord will be my shepherd. But, but no, the Lord is my shepherd. And so that's why it's so powerful. Perhaps that's why it means so much, say, in a time of a funeral, because right now at this very moment, this speaks to me. Right now. The Lord is my shepherd. And so there's something that we want to note here. It's, it's worthy for us to notice before we move any further the position of this psalm or where it comes in the list of psalms. Now, obviously it follows Psalm 22, which is known as the psalm of the cross or that's the psalm that speaks uh, prophetically about Jesus and his crucifixion, the time on the cross, that's Psalm 22. And you would realize that in that situation there are no green pastures, uh, there are no still waters, as it were. It's thinking of Jesus on the cross. And it's only after we read... My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Which we read in verse 1 of Psalm 22. It's only after we read that, that then we read, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You know, dear people, we must, by experience, know the value of the shed blood of Christ before we can know and experience the sweetness of the shepherd's care and the shepherd's leading. It's only after we know what it means to experience forgiveness, what it means to experience salvation, the power of that, it's only after that that we can truly and fully understand and experience the goodness of our shepherd. And so I trust this morning that you can honestly read these verses. You see, many people can't. Yet certainly many people have read these verses many times. And many people have memorized these verses. And I would say that, you know, many can quote these verses that don't actually know this shepherd. And instead of, of being gently led by that good shepherd, they are choosing to be driven along by the slave master, by Satan. Well, we can claim 
from the heart these wonderful provisions here in Psalm 23 only when we have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so I trust that you can honestly read them this morning. And if you cannot, may it be a wake-up call to you. Today is the day of salvation. That's what the scripture says. That's also in the present tense. (laughs) Don't wait till tomorrow. Well, let us read Psalm 23. Follow along. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You see, it's a psalm that that takes us through life. It speaks of the loving care of our shepherd. Yes, through those good times, through the green pastures, through the difficult times, through the valley of the shadow of death, and then taking us right on to our eternal reward, uh, living with him forever. Uh, What joy that will be. The loving care and leading of our good shepherd. Now, David certainly could relate to sheep. David could relate to uh, shepherding. And I'm sure that he had many stories that he could share with us. We've heard a few of those from his writing, from the scriptures. Many stories that he could share with us about his times alone with the sheep out there in the hills around Bethlehem. But this psalm here... uh, He compares our relationship with God to that of a shepherd with his sheep. And the fact is, people and sheep are alike in many ways. And now truly and thankfully, we're not alike in many ways. But our things like our our fears, our timidity, um, our stubbornness, our stupidity... Um, Those things like that are similar to sheep. There are parallels that we should take note of. And yet, despite these things, the Lord longs to be our shepherd. Or maybe I should say, because of these things, (laughs) he longs to be our shepherd. Uh, He is the one who, who wants to bring us out and lead us in the paths of righteousness. Lead us away from those human tendencies that we struggle with because of the flesh. He longs to lead us as a good shepherd does his sheep. Uh, This passage speaks so clearly of the great love that God has for his people. Uh, It shows uh, that, that he has a desire for his people to be content, for his people to be healthy, For his people to be at rest, to be at peace at all times. 
whether, whether in the green pastures or in the dark valleys, the shepherd desires for his people to be content and at peace. And this is possible because of what the shepherd so lovingly does for us. And you see, this psalm isn't really about the sheep as much as it is about the shepherd. Now, it certainly is about sheep. And it certainly speaks to you and me, like I already mentioned. But even more so, what makes this psalm so wonderful and so meaningful is because it's about the shepherd. It's because of what he makes possible. It's because of his goodness. It's because of his love. So yes, we are the sheep this morning. He is the shepherd. And most of our thoughts will be centered around the good shepherd. And so these are uh, three, three points I would like to spend a little bit of time in this morning. And that is the shepherd provides, the shepherd guides, and the shepherd protects. He provides, he guides, and he protects. First of all, I note that the shepherd provides himself. There in verse 1 we read, The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord, or Jehovah, is the word there. I don't know if you notice in your Bible, in my Bible, uh, the Lord is in all capital letters. The Lord, or the Lord Jehovah, which is the eternal one, this, the self-existent one, Jehovah. The one who does not count on, on us, he's not depending on us for existence. He doesn't really need us. He is the eternal one. He always has been. He always will be. He's self-existent. That's the one. That Lord, that Jehovah, is my shepherd. What more could we ask for? Who would you want to be your shepherd? Who would you want to be the one that, that is leading you, that is guiding you? Can you think of a better one? But this shepherd is the one who made us. He's the creator. He knows us better than we know ourselves. And certainly, when we are in his care, our needs are met. Our needs are met. The third verse of Psalm 100 says, Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. It is in this thought that I, I find a, a striking contrast. We have the Lord who is the provider, he's the deliverer, he's the director, he's the preserver. In fact, he's everything. <laughs> we have him, and then in contrast, we have the sheep, uh, which are you and me. People who are, yes, arrogant. People that are, are so needy. People that are weak. People that are, are stubborn. We're defenseless. We're foolish. 
And you have that contrast. In other words, we need someone. We need help. We can't do it on our own. When we're on our own, we don't go in good places. We need a leader. We need a shepherd. David said, the Lord, Jehovah, that eternal one, is my shepherd. I shall not want. And the word want here has a broader meaning than we might first imagine. Of course, the main concept here is that of not lacking, or we're not deficient in any way. But a second emphasis is that of being completely content in the shepherd's care. And consequently, then, we don't want anything else because we're content in the care of the shepherd. So it's not just simply saying that we're not lacking or or that we're not deficient, but it also says that we're content. He has given us all that we need. You may have heard of the the little girl who was reciting Psalm 23, and she said, the Lord is my shepherd, and that's all I want. (laughs) That's all I want. Perhaps that's a lesson for us. Paul said in Philippians 4.19, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Paul also said that he was... He, uh, he had learned to be content in whatever state he was. And that wasn't talking about the states of the United States, of course. But that's talking about in any situation he found himself. In the difficult times, in the good times, the time of plenty, the time of little. He had learned to be content. Why? Because the Lord was his shepherd. The Lord was his shepherd. And he, and he had everything that he needed. Well, because the Lord is our shepherd, we have everything that we need. And because he is Jehovah, because he is omniscient, because he is omnipresent, because he is the almighty God, he then, in every way, is able and willing to take care of us. Once again, who better would there be to care for our needs in a most wonderful way than our good shepherd. Well, the the shepherd also provides rest, I see. In verse 2, He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. What a beautiful picture. It's a picture of rest. It's a picture of tranquility. It's a picture of of good food, of, of good water. There's health there. There's safety in that picture. It's everything that a sheep could possibly want there. And you know, a shepherd knows the importance of this. And so he will seek to find and provide that perfect environment so that his sheep can be healthy, so that they are productive, so that they are worthwhile to him. Now, I read recently that it's almost impossible to make sheep lie down unless four requirements are met. And this is what this writing said. It said they have to be free from fear. They need to be free from friction with other sheep. 
They need to be free from flies and bugs, and they need to be free from hunger. Perhaps there's other things as well, but that's what I read in that writing. If those four requirements are met, then a sheep can lie down and be at peace. Well, as our good shepherd, the Lord also meets similar needs for us so that we can lie down in green pastures, as it were. And we can look at those and and consider how that works out in our life, being free from fear and and friction with other sheep. (laughs) Uh, You know, we we speak about our peace with God and our fellow man. That that speaks of, of no friction with other sheep free from flies and bugs, and you could consider that the, uh, the temptations and the, the things that, that come at us, the spiritual warfare that we're in, free from hunger. You know, when we have the Word of God, when we're feasting on the Word of God, we are well-filled. So there's things you could look at there. We won't take the time to do that this morning. But Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. The promise and the assurance of rest, of safety. Laying our burdens, laying our struggles at the feet of Jesus and experiencing rest and peace. Well, the shepherd also provides restoration, and we see that in verse 3. He restoreth my soul He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Restoration. Now, restoration uh, is a result of good food and good rest. You know that in your own personal life. You know what it means to be refreshed, to be restored. When you get a good night of rest, maybe after a busy day or you're wore out and, and you eat a good supper, you get a good night of rest, and the next morning, Lord willing, uh, you say, wow, boy, this feels good. I just feel like a new person. Perhaps you've felt that. I trust you have. But, you know, spiritually, we also get weary. Spiritually, we get worn at times. And, and I say, even when we're in the care of the Good Shepherd, there are times of discouragement. Uh, there are times of frustration. Yes, there are. But yet, as we follow our Good Shepherd... He promises to give us the strength we need when our strength is small. He promises to restore our soul, to give us what we need for our journey of life. In Psalm 42, verse 11, we read, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise Him who is the health of my countenance and my God. God is the health of our countenance. That speaks of restoration. The power that God gives us in restoring us physically, also, of course, spiritually. Isaiah 40, verse 31, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Refreshment, restoration. He restoreth my soul. The shepherd also provides guidance. Look there in verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? 
for thou art with me. The guiding hand of the shepherd. And we'll look at this a little bit in just a, just a few moments. We'll look at more of this. I note in verse 5 that the shepherd provides great blessings in unsettling times. The shepherd provides great blessings in the midst of unsettling times. Verse 5, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. What a strange place (laughs) to sit down to a great feast, huh? It speaks of the blessings of God in the midst of a very, you could say, nerve-wracking or unsettling or scary time. You know, when do we grow the most? In our spiritual lives, when do we tend to grow the most? Is it not during the difficult times of life? Is it not during the times of hardship, of grief, that we often find much spiritual growth? When do, the, when do churches multiply the most? When does the kingdom of God multiply the most? I've been told that the church in the past has multiplied the most under persecution, under unsettling times. I'm saying that God provides great blessing in the midst of unsettling times. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. I also note there that he provides satisfaction. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. It's a picture of someone who is just basking in the presence of God, in the power of God, in the goodness, in the love of God. My cup is running over. It speaks of the fact that God's provisions are above and beyond what we ever would need and and ever deserve. They're not just about to the top of the cup. It's running over. It also reminds me of what Jesus said in John chapter 15 where he speaks of fullness of joy. That believers experience the fullness of joy. It's the picture of of, of a cup that is filled so full that you've probably seen it before. It goes so full that it's right on the brink of running over. It's, It's actually the the liquid in the cup is slightly higher than the, top, than the rim of the cup. It's, it's that fullness that you picture. Well, the shepherd also provides an eternal home there in verse 6. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Thinking here about the provisions of the good shepherd, David said, since the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I shall not want. And when the Lord is my shepherd, my needs are well supplied. We are in good hands when the Lord, when Jehovah is leading us. Now, let's look a few moments here at the fact that our shepherd guides. Our shepherd guides. Uh, The story is told of a group of, of tourists that were on their way to Palestine. And along the way, their guide was describing some of the unusual things that they're going to see in the east. He said, now, in England, you are used to seeing... Uh, shepherds driving their sheep. The shepherd is walking behind. The sheep are in front. That's how you're used to seeing it in in England, I suppose, the guy told them. But he said, over here in the east, 
you'll see it differently. The shepherd will be leading the sheep, and, and the sheep will be following. And, and the sheep know the voice of the shepherd. That's how it's done here in the east. And they say, okay, it's interesting, okay. And so they went on down the road and, and headed towards Palestine. And as they got closer there, you wouldn't believe it, but what they actually saw was a man <laughs> driving the sheep. <laughs> and they thought that quite strange. And, 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 of course, the guide saw that as well. And, and the guide ran over to the man. He said, now, sir, uh, I've always been told and, and noticed that in the east, uh, the shepherd leads his sheep. And the man said, well, you're quite right, sir. See, the fact is, I'm not the shepherd. I'm the butcher. <laughs> I'm the butcher. And so that was a quite different purpose. However, our shepherd guides us. The good shepherd leads his sheep. For a few verses there, I'd just like to turn to John chapter 10, which is known as the, the good shepherd chapter, perhaps. And I would like to note here the example of how a good shepherd does not drive his sheep, but a good shepherd leads his sheep. Of, co of course, it's speaking of Christ, the good shepherd. John chapter 10, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them. And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers." Jesus, the good shepherd, Jehovah, he leads his sheep. He guides them. He guides them. I'm so thankful this morning that our good shepherd leads the way. He doesn't stand behind us and force us to go somewhere that he has not gone already. You see, the scripture tells us that he was tempted in all ways just like we are, yet without sin. He's been there. He's done that. He's experienced the hardships of life. He's experienced much more hardship than we can imagine in our life. He's been there. Our good shepherd is a guide. He shows us the right way to go. He's in front of us, calling us. Now, I'm told that if sheep are left to themselves, that they do a lot of damage. Uh, that over a period of time, uh, they can do damage to the land by overgrazing, uh, by walking the same trails, you know, those little sheep trails that look so innocent <laughs> at first. Since sheep are, are, are creatures of habit, they'll continue walking those same trails time and time again. And after a while, those trails turn into gullies and, and the rains wash down through there and erosion happens. And you can imagine, there's a lot of damage to the land that happens there. They'll graze in the same areas and wear the grass down. All that, if left to themselves. Hence, sheep need a good shepherd. Sheep need someone to guide them. 
And that's one of the ways that, that we are very similar. As people, we are very similar to sheep. We're people of, we're creatures of habit. And how often our behaviors, how often our habits are like that of sheep. Uh, we prefer just to follow our own desires. We prefer to go our own way. We have a bent to just go our own way, to do our own thing. Even when it leads to our own detriment. Believe it or not, yes, that's how we are as human beings. In Isaiah 53, verse 6, we read, All we like sheep, now, all, <laughs> all we like sheep, it's, it's comparing us to sheep. It just reminds me, this is really off the subject, but um, years ago I, I remember Dad telling me a story of when Dad and Mom stopped in one time to hear the Robert Shaw Corral practicing. Uh, they were going through some town and dad and mom were not able to go to the concert, but uh, the great conductor Robert Shaw was rehearsing with the choir a few days before, and, and dad and mom slipped in the back of the church where they were at and, and heard him rehearsing. And they were singing this song from the Handel's Messiah, All we like sheep have gone astray, or we have turned everyone to his own way. And, and dad said the thing that stuck out to him is that this conductor, Robert Shaw, was trying to, to get the singers to sing in a way that portrayed the fact, he said that, we're not all like sheep, but all we like sheep have gone astray. And so he was trying to, to get the singers to somehow punctuate that in a, in a musical way to portray the correct thought there. But be what it may. All we like sheep have gone astray. Just like sheep have the tendency to go their own way, do their own thing, even when it leads to their detriment, we are like that as human beings. And turning my own way simply means doing what I want to do, feeling free to carry out my own wishes, my own ideas, in spite of warnings. I'll do it myself. Or like our little children will say when they're growing up, me do it, me do it. <laughs> Even when they don't know the, aren't considering the dangers ahead. In contrast, Christ the Good Shepherd says, come, come, follow me, let me show you. Let me show you. I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. I'm the, I am where you need to find peace and safety and satisfaction. And so just as sheep need a shepherd to guide them, we also need the good shepherd to lead us, to show us where the good eating is, to let us and help us get out of our, our old habits, our old ruts, our tendencies to show us the way to abundant life. We need the Good Shepherd to help us with that. Here in verse 10 of John chapter 10, we read, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Now, as we see in our text here back in Psalm 23, we note that our shepherd does not always lead us in pleasant places. And... Perhaps you know that from experience. Our shepherd does not always lead us in pleasant places. Note there verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He doesn't say, if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Though I walk. It's the idea that to all of us, 
there will be times when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. All of us will face times of much difficulty, times of much sorrow. Uh, the life of the believer is not necessarily a bed of roses. We understand that. But take note of two very important things. The first I note is that we are not left to die in the valley. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And maybe that word through is one that we sort of skim over. Our, our focus all of a sudden goes, boom, to the shadow of death. We, we go to the worst part and perhaps we overlook the fact that it is something that we will walk through with the help of the Good Shepherd. We are not left to die in the valley, but we will make it through one day. It does not say, I die there, or I stop there, or that's the end of the road. No, but rather, I walk through. You know, every mountain has its valleys. Whenever you see a, a mountain, you can be assured that there's a valley as well. But, but even more than that, every mountain has its valleys. It's the sides of a mountain are typically scarred with, with deep ravines and gullies and little valleys that run up the sides of that mountain. And the way to reach the higher ground is usually through those valleys, is by taking those valleys. Yet, in our life experience, how often we try to, to steer clear of the valleys. We try to steer clear of that. But the shepherd knows that the best way to reach the top of the mountain is by taking those paths, by taking the gullies, the valley paths up to the top. The shepherd knows that usually those little valleys make for easier walking. They usually, that's usually where the water is. That's usually where the better food is. The shepherd knows that. And so that's often the way that he chooses to take his flock. Now it's true that in those spots there will be dangers as well because it won't just be the sheep that have found that way to go with the guidance of the shepherd, but that'll be easier walking for the, for the dangers as well. That's the easy place for others. And so, yes, there are dangers. Yet our shepherd knows that as rough and as dangerous as those valleys, those little valleys might be, there are many blessings and there are many rewards in walking through the valley. He realizes that it's the best way to reach higher ground. And so the one thing I note is that, yes, we are not left to die in the valley, but also I note we do not have to fear because our shepherd is, once again, he's leading the way. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. For thou art with me. Our shepherd is leading the way. We don't have to walk through the valleys alone. One of the last things that Jesus said to his disciples before 
he left this earth was, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Lo, I am with you always. What comfort, uh, what reassurance to know that even in the darkest times, our shepherd is, is with us. Our shepherd is leading us. He's going before us. I'm reminded of the story behind the song, Follow the Path of Jesus. Now, that song was written many, many years ago, and the, the writer of that text had recently, at that point, had recently been to visit Mammoth Cave, which is, from my, my understanding, uh, either the largest or one of the largest caves in the world. It's in, I believe, in Kentucky, Mammoth Cave. And so the, the writer of the text, Follow the Path of Jesus, had recently been there, and the guide was telling them the importance of sticking with me, okay? And that, of course, this was back before flashlights. Uh, this was back before big uh, bright lights and electricity through the cave and all that. They had candles. They had candles. And the guide said before you go, stick with me. you got to stay right in my footsteps. Follow me very closely. Because if you lose me, it's probably all over. <laughs> You'll probably never be found again. Well, uh, this particular person, after that experience, that really stuck in their mind. And they wrote the text, follow the path of Jesus Walk where his footsteps lead. Um, keep in his beaming presence, you see. Keep in his beaming presence, the light of his presence, every counsel heed. Follow the path of Jesus. Someone has said, he who has his God for a companion need fear no danger. Well, let's finish then by, by noting a few thoughts about the shepherd protects the shepherd protects. Now, one of the traits of a good shepherd is his commitment to stick with the flock even in the most dangerous of situations. He'll stick with them. You see, this shepherd has developed a, some, some sort of a relationship with his sheep. And maybe you, feel that, maybe you think that's kind of strange to have a relationship with sheep. But people who enjoy animals and horses and cows and dogs and cats and pigs and all that stuff. You know, farmers in general have a relationship with their animals and they can call them by name and they know how they respond and this and does this and that and does that. Anyway, a shepherd has acquired some sort of a relationship with his sheep and he is willing to stick with them even when it could cost him his life. We know David had at least two experiences of protecting his sheep. Once he killed a children, what did he there's two things that David killed when they were coming for his sheep. Children? A lion and the next was a a bear. Once a lion came after his sheep, once a bear came after his sheep and he killed them. He killed them. And I'm sure that he had his rod handy for that. That was one thing that a shepherd carried with him his rod. A rod for a shepherd in that day was typically about 30 inches long with a good knob on the end. I, I think this came from Grandpa Ira. I mean, I don't know if he used it, but it came with his stuff. And 
I mean, it, it looks about like a rod, doesn't it? About 30 inches long, a knob on the end, and a pretty stout stick. But anyway, a shepherd carried his rod. And, and a, a, a shepherd that was skilled, a good shepherd, learned how to use a rod very effectively. And I'm told that shepherds could throw a rod with amazing speed and accuracy. So not only could they club something with a rod, but they could throw one with amazing speed and accuracy in a way that would, would put an animal down if need be. It might not would kill them, but it would at least slow them until they could get the job done otherwise. We won't go into those details. But anyway, a rod. Note there what David says. He says in the last part of verse 4, Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Okay, so, so the rod and the staff, were, were, they were weapons, but they were more than that. They were instruments that brought comfort, that brought reassurance. Now, this would be similar to um, a staff. Now, more than anything, a staff was, was what marked a shepherd as a shepherd. You know, when you see one of these, immediately, I'm guessing, your mind goes to a shepherd. You know, anywhere, if you ever, well, of course, with a cane as well. But, but these, these mark a shepherd as a shepherd uh, more than anything. And certainly, it can be used for different things, you know, for, for maybe instruction as well. But, it, but it's, more than anything, it was used to, to rescue a sheep. They, this crook was, was often used for grabbing around the neck and, and pulling the sheep out of a tough spot or so forth. But a rod and a staff were something that primitive shepherds used on a regular basis. And yes, at times maybe they were used for instruction or for discipline. But more than that, most importantly, they were tools that brought comfort to the sheep, that brought reassurance, because they protected. The sheep knew that these things meant protection for them. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Well, thou anointest my head with oil, is also noted there in verse 5, and that was another means of protection for the sheep. I'm told that in the summer months when the flies and the gnats and the bugs were bad, that a shepherd would put some oil on the sheep's head and that would protect them from, from getting harmful diseases or, or so on and so forth. It was a means of protection for the sheep, that oil on their head. Well, we can also find protection in our good shepherd. Uh, you know, in times of temptation, in times of spiritual danger, you know, when the flies of this world are swarming around us, as it were, distracting us from our goal, the Word of God can be our rod of defense. The Word of God can be our rod of defense. And you know, the Holy Spirit is that staff that guides us into all truth, that leads us, that rescues us, you could say, in times of need. Keeps us on the path of righteousness. I'm so thankful this morning for the rod and the staff in a spiritual sense uh, that guides me and that protects me. Well, when David gets to the end of this list almost, he says, uh, my cup runneth over. <laughs> in other words, David is just saying, thank you, Lord. He's basking in the goodness and the presence 
and the love and the mercy of that good shepherd that guides him through life, that provides for him, that protects him. My cup is running over. Verse 6, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. So we have that, the picture of the good shepherd leading. We have mercy and we have you know, goodness following and, and the sheep are in the middle. What a wonderful place to be. What a wonderful place to be. A place of, of, of much rest. A place of safety. But you know, when it comes to the end of the verse there, David said, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It speaks of that, that full salvation that we will experience one day. When our salvation experience is, is whole, it's complete. The eternal dwelling with the Lord. And that can be something that we can each experience. But you know what? It begins, it begins with a personal relationship with the shepherd. It begins with a personal relationship with the shepherd. And so that brings me back sort of to where I started in saying that Psalm 23, as, as much of a classic as it is, as much as it is known by many people, in order for it to be truly effective in our lives, we need to know the shepherd. We need to know. We need to value what he has done for us. You see, the good shepherd laid down his life for the sheep, and we didn't have time to go into that, maybe another time. The good shepherd laid down his life for the sheep, and he's willing and ready, and he's desiring to lead us, to guide us, to show us the way, uh, what comfort, what joy it brings to us when we place our lives in his loving care. May the Lord bless you. I trust this can be. Number 63. 63. My
Thank you for your attention this morning. May the Lord bless you throughout this day and as you go into the week. Let us strive to be sheep that are submissive and that value what our good shepherd has done and is doing and will do for us. Let's stand for closing prayer.